What's up, everybody? I hope everybody's well. I hope you're going to have a good three-day weekend for those that get a three-day weekend. If not, I hope you're enjoying life, staying warm during this cold weather. I hate the cold weather, man. I really despise it. I can't wait for spring slash summer. And then you hear me complaining about how hot it is. Like, I'm never happy. But make sure you enjoy the episode. Make sure you follow me on Punch in the Mouth Official. Make sure you're commenting, giving me ideas for what to do next. It's all really appreciated, guys. Peace. Punch in the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore PITM on Twitter. Later. everybody i hope everybody's having a great day first up welcome to the punch in the mouth podcast episode number 86 like i said we're gonna try and power through these twice a week and like i said they'll probably be back to back i know 85 is posted already 86 should not be far behind i hope you guys didn't hear my chair if you did i do apologize but let's get into it so somebody reached out to me say like hey man you should do bets on this show and I will do that, but in the future, because this upcoming weekend's fights, they're really thin. And honestly, I would only ask you to bet on... Yeah, I'll tell you right. Let's just get this out of the way right now. So, in the main event, I would take Erin Blanchfield. I understand she's the underdog, but... And I understand that's a risky bet because of the power Jessica Andrade brings. But I like Erin Blanchfield in this fight. And then the only other fight I would tell you to bet on is... Jim Miller versus Alexander Hernandez. I like both guys. That's a toss-up for me. But if I would have to pick, I would go for Alex Hernandez just for the fact that he was younger. But I will do more of these in the future with a little more um, in-depth breakdown because, like I said, this card's a little thin. So there's that. So let's move on. We're going to go Twitter. And the saga of the IV issues continue. If you remember, at the end of last sh- the last show, um, I talked about how Dan Hooker was accusing Islam Mahashep and his team about using IVs illegally. And it continues, bro. Because you saw it up. Let me look for Jeff Nowinski's tweet. But it's still going, man. Like. Everybody's saying, well, it's legal. This is legal if it's this amount. Let's see. Let me see if I find it. Okay. Okay. Let me. Is this where the thread starts? This is from Jeff Nowinski's Twitter, and then he has a bunch of replies. Okay. It says, UFC anti-doping program, UFC ADP IV rule was modified in 2019. Athletes, managers, and sports have recommended... Multiple advisors on this rule change beginning in 2019. All UFC ADP rules have been publicly posted since 2015. The IV rule advisors included the following. The following IVs are now permitted without any TUE. What does that mean? I don't know what TUE means. Does that mean? Does, does this mean those recorded in the course of hospital treatment and surgical procedures, clinical diagnosis, investigation? Those 
Records, records. So RCD means records. Those records in the course of hospital treatment, surgical procedures, and clinical diagnostic investigation. These records from a licensed medical professional after a licensed physician determined that they are medically justified. IVs of less than a total of 100 milligrams per 12 per 12 hour period, separate of the UFC ADP rule, the Athletic Commission require any athlete to receive IV during fight week to obtain permission from the commission before receiving an IV and disclose the, the use of IV to the commissioner after its use. Despite the fact that IVs Use is not permitted under UFC ADP if administered by a licensed medical professional after a licensed physician determined they are medically justified. The required disclosure of such use to an athletic commission could be possibly jeopardized. The commission's licensing the fight. Okay, so now apparently IV uses are legal because this all started because... Dan Hooker started accusing Islam of using IVs, and of course, IVs could be used to mask, like, performance-enhancing drugs. But then I read, let me see this. Please take me back to those tweets. Okay, this is Damian Martin from MMA Fighting. He goes, just for reference sake, 100 milligrams equals out to 3.4 ounces less than half a cup. So basically the same size as those little travel containers you're allowed to carry onto a plane. In other words, not very much at all. And then so, some guy says, it's about two moderately generous shots. You need to come drinking in Ohio. Our shots are built different, LOL. And then Ariel goes, yes, he deleted it because someone, I would think, told him he was incriminating himself with this tweet. You can't take two to three liters by a professional or not. It's 100 milliliters per 12 hours, among other details. Massive difference. So what he's talking about is, this is a tweet from Ali Abdelaziz. For all those idiots out there, any fighter under the UFC banner can take two to three liters of IV as long as it's done by a nurse or a professional. Next week, I'm going to expose everybody. Islam Mahashev is the pound for pound king. So of course, this goes back to Dan Hooker accusing Islam of IVing, and like this is sort of Ali admitting to it, man. I don't know if there's enough evidence. And then I read that the Australian Athletic Commission is going to take action upon this. Let's see. Let's see. UFC claims. UFC now claims IV use is legal, but Australia Commission disagrees. Eee. Eee. There's something fishy going on. What do you guys think? What do you guys This is bad. Because if this can get overturned, what would have to happen is Islam vacates the belt, right? Or would it? It becomes a no contest, right? And he could get suspended if they find out he, he was hiding something. It sure is strange how Islam Mahashev's IBU story is developing in the wake of UFC 284 this past weekend in Perth, Australia. On Monday, Alexander Wolkanovsky's teammate, Dan Hooker, accused Mahashev of cheating by using an IV to rehydrate after his UFC 284 weight cut soon after Mahashev's manager, Rivizan Magomedov, came out calling calling the claim complete BS from jealous losers telling lies. But then some funny things happened. ESPN's Brett Akamoto, who served as sort of reporter liaison between the UFC and network, tried to clarify the legality of IV use in mixed martial arts. According to Akamoto's sources, it is not actually illegal for an IV to be used if it's determined 
to be medically justified and within standards of the care by a licensed physician and administered by a licensed medical professional. See, this is this is weird. So they're saying, like, if they're saying he needs it, like, then what if I know a doctor and we're buddies? He'd be like, bro, just tell him I need this. That's sanctioned cheating, isn't it? There seems to be a misunderstanding across the sport on the prohibited or non-prohibited use of IVs. I myself was not completely aware of this until this latest high-profile example slash accusation from UFC 284 Okamoto wrote. According to the UFC slash USADA handbook, an IV can be used if it is determined to be medically justified and with the st- within the standard care of a licensed prof- physician and administered by a licensed professional. That was his tweet because I did read it the other day. I sought further clarification and here's the bottom line. If an athlete is administered an IV of more than the permitted 100 milliliters, as long as it's done by a pro and it is not a violation, even in cases of dehydration caused by wake up, is the issue being treated? In other words, IVs are being used to treat severe dehydration caused by cutting weight and not really banned, as long as a physician is the one to justify and perform it. <laughs> and then... A few hours later, but and then the, the, it basically goes on to read you everything I already read you through the tweet. And it goes, an email from the UFC was sent out to various news outlets with all these clarifications regarding IV use. At this point, you're probably thinking, this is a lot of hullabaloney <laughs> since Mahachev didn't even use an IV, right? Well, if you start to look into all the statements from Mahachev's teams, you may notice no one has... Said the words, Islam did not receive an IV, but it wasn't illegal. Why hide it? Because Novinsky added extra context that Akamoto left out regarding athletic commissions. According to Novinsky, Mahachev may be required to ask permission and or disclose any IV use to the commission, but it actually goes deeper than that. Lots of athletic commissions have flat out banned the use of IV hydration. Commissions like Government of Western Australia Combat Sports Commissions and UFC 284 took place in Perth under its jurisdiction so this sets a precedent right apparently because I was under the understanding that this is prohibited because it could be used as a masking agent for using steroids and stuff like that but if these fighters go okay well this well if this sets precedent for the Mahachev case why can't I use it but if what they're saying here is if this athletic commission banned that he could get suspended what do you guys think about that because no, like they're right. They're not saying he didn't do it. Like they they haven't said no. He has not done it. They're saying he was within the legal levels of doing it because he got a doctor to sign off on it. So there's no question that he did it. But the question becomes, what happens now? And this article goes on to say there's sure a whole lot of movement on the UFC to make this use of an IV falling the way in seem legal or at least barely illegal. But let's be clear. Something as someone who has not followed the IV situation since the days it was legal and then banned in 2015. Everybody knows it's not allowed. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know if they found the loophole. And then, again, this... Because then Islam would say, okay, well, I'm never going to... Again, going back to the Sean Shrek thing. Remember, he said he would never fight in California again? Like, is it going to be hard for the UFC to go back to Australia? Because who who... If you're going to undermine the commission, they're not going to want you there, right? At least I would think. I would think. But let's go on to something more fun. A little more lighthearted. 
So John Jones has come out and said that he wouldn't mind if Daniel Cormier commented on his fights because a lot of people have come out and said they don't like Daniel Cormier's commentating. I don't mind it. I think it's pretty good. But a lot of people have said, well, we don't like it, this, this, and that. So he didn't commentate on the Islam one. So then it became a story of will Daniel commentate on the John Jones fight? Now, John has come out and gave a statement on the situation. Let's see. Here, here we go. DC, you are more than welcome to commentate on my fight. I think you are really good at what you do. I trust you would be non-biased. All the best, brother. The funny thing is, DC has commentated on Jones's fights before. Like, you know what would be funny, though? Is if if DC is the one that go, goes into the cage afterwards and interviews John Jones. But I don't think it will be him because Joe Rogan will be there. Because it's, it's a U.S. pay-per-view, so... Joe Rogan should be there. See, and this comment says, It's not like DC hasn't already done interviews pushing Jones and Billy inside the octagon since they fought. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not nothing new if he commentates on his fights or not. Because he even commentated on when Jones fought Ovin St. Prude. So, like, I don't understand where this is coming from. Because it's not new, you know? Like, it's not new. But going back to the Alex versus Islam thing... You can't, Alex shouldn't stay number one pound for pound. Because then what did Islam do all that work for? Like, he got his hand raised. Like, it doesn't matter if we think Alex won. Like, that does not matter. We shouldn't hold that on to Islam. Like, it's not Islam's fault. The judges gave it to him. Like, he feels he won. He got the job done. He should get the number one pound for pound. Now, this whole IV thing, this is something way different. Now, if this means that Islam somehow cheated, I don't, like, what I don't know is if the course of action is he gets suspended and then they strip him of the belt. Like, I don't know if that's the case. I think it is. If they deemed he cheated, they strip him of the belt. And then what would happen? They should have, like, a a tournament. But the UFC doesn't like to have the belt vacant for so long. Like, if a belt gets vacated, they want to line up a fight to unvacate that belt but i don't know man like this whole thing is weird i hope islam fight i hope he doesn't get in trouble because he's a good fighter that's what i do hope now if they cheated knowingly like dude what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing you know like and you know what this volkanovsky fight proved to me that habib would have probably had a hard time against volkanovsky because Islam striking is better than Khabib's or Habib. But I believe their wrestling is on par. And look how much Volkanovski struggled against his wrestling. I mean, look how much Islam struggled in the wrestling department with Volkanovski. Sorry. So, I want to see that. Like, one thing I've noticed, like, the Dagestani and wrestlers are good when, when you don't give them any resistance. But... When somebody finds a way to, like, to resist their wrestling, even if they're on top, and they could get them, like, working, they get tired. And, like, I've seen that as a chink in their armor, because I saw it with Islam Mamidov when he fought Benson Henderson. If you remember that fight, I said, Benson can't stay still. Like, he has to keep moving like he did. He kept moving, and he ended up winning the fight, right? So, he has to keep moving. Like, you have to keep moving against them, like, that him getting stuck, that was just like, imagine if they were in the middle of the cage, he would have been able to get out. I imagine it. 
round four. Chao Sonnen keeps calling it round three, but it was round four. And they've been, there's been some fights announced, right? Let's let's look at these fights that have been announced. Rafian Stan will take on Patchy Minks April 22nd. Mateusz Gamra will take on Jalen Turner. That should have been my boy Will Brooks. And another thing that it's looking like is that Benil Darius will take on Charles Oliveira at some point. Oh, look at what Jessica Andrade said. I want to stay at strawweight. I've said it all along again. Four straight wins and coming off a win against a prospect. I think I would be considered over here for a really clear shot at Wei Lee. She wants to fight Wei Lee again. But I don't know. Aaron Blanchfield, she's tricky, man. Let's see what Aaron Blanchfield had to say. This is Aaron Blanchfield. I know what winning this fight means. If fighting for the title is next, I'll do that. If they want me to fight someone else next, I'll do that too. I'm just focusing on winning this fight Saturday. And I know whatever comes next will be good. She's only 23, man. That's crazy. And she won Eddie Bravo's. I wonder. Let me see. Because I might have been at that one. I had to leave early though. If it's the one I'm thinking. It was at the Orpheum Theater in Los Angeles. Was it the one at, in Los Angeles? I don't remember. Let me see. EBI champion Aaron Blanchfield gets first main event fight at UFC Vegas 69. But which one did she win? Let's see if it tells me right here. Okay, but which one? Let me try and see if I can find. <laughs> I was at this one because it was July 30th, 2017. I was at this one then. I had to leave early though because my car broke down. But I was there. And then I was at EBI 11 as well. I didn't go to EBI 13 that I didn't go to. And then I didn't go to EBI 14 because that one was in Texas. I went to EBI 15. That was insane. So yeah, that was crazy, man. Those fights, those EPI fights are nuts. If you ever get a chance to go, because I know they're coming back, you should go. But she's only 23, man. So if she wins this fight, can you imagine her fighting for the belt next? She would fight Valentina Chevchenko, and she'll give Valentina a hard time, too. Like, this fight's interesting to me, man. Super interesting. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. But let's... So if if I'm Islam... If I'm Islam, I'm sitting here questioning. For, okay, first of all, they're already giving me flack about this whole IB thing. Second of all, you're going, I beat this guy, and just because it was a close fight, you're saying I didn't win, and you're not giving me the number one pound for pound. Now, like I said in the episode earlier in the week, he could take the mindset of like, well, I beat him, so I know I'm number one. At least doesn't need to tell me, you know? He could take that mindset, but who knows, man? Who knows? What else we got? Let me see here. Dude, okay. I wanted to talk about this. I was going to save this for my intro, but I wanted to talk about this because I find it very interesting. So I'm a big fan of anime, right? I'm a big fan of anime. I was watching this anime. I really I really realized that I enjoy the sports animes. Like I watched um, Kuroku Basketball. Right now I'm watching one about soccer called Blue Lock. And what they do... Is they're trying to build the best striker. So like the position. Um, I believe the positions. Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo play. I believe they're strikers. And Chicharito Hernandez. Javier Hernandez or Chicharito. Before somebody fucking makes fun of me. My point in saying this is. Remember when. Yoel Romero was on Joe Rogan's podcast. And he was talking about the. 
pyramid method that they put the Cuban athletes through. They use that method in this anime, whereas it, the higher your rank is as a soccer player, the better your living conditions are. They even do that on that reality show. Um, if I say this wrong, I'm sorry. Exaclon. They even do that on that. If you lose, you, you, you get like mediocre living conditions. Like you get a cabin, whereas if you win, you get to stay in this nice house. You get food. You get a bed. Well, they do that in this anime. And I was like, wow, that's weird. Like That's weird that they're using this pyramid method scheme. To put these guys through these type of living conditions, you know? I found that weird, but then you see the results. Because look at all these Cuban athletes, the wrestlers. Yoel Romero at, I believe Yoel's like 45. How old is Yoel? Yoel's 45. And he's still, he might not be fighting at the top top, but he's still fighting at a high level. You know, at 45, that's not seen, man. And he was going to fight Vadim Nenkov for the belt, but I don't know what happened. Hopefully they can reschedule that. But yeah, that pyramid method, I find it fascinating slash scary, you know, because they put them in these situations like, okay, I don't want to be in this, so I have to do better. And then you would go, he's like, and then they would look like they would see if I had like an injured leg. Like that's nuts to me. And like seeing it again, this is a cartoon. But like seeing it portrayed on this is it was insane to me because I'm like, wow, this is something they use in real life, you know? It's something they use in real life. But that's all I got for you guys. I understand it was a short one. I'm kinda in a rush here, but that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me, punching them out the official on Instagram, official underscore P I T M on Twitter. Um and the YouTube videos are gonna start popping up again. I've been really busy doing other stuff. They're gonna start coming again. But later, guys, deuces. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the fight. Tell you, Erin Blanchfield, she's one to look out for, especially if she wins this weekend. Even if she doesn't, like, let's see how she performs. I'm a big fan of this girl. Peace.